On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we jump straight into the finals. Man, was that a good game or was that a good game? We've got a little big deal, no thing, and a special nothing to do with sports. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing? That's oozing out your doggone hands. That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thanks for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, you can email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk Facebook page, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. That was really, really, really a good game that I had that, that I had seen that I had seen that we saw that we yeah that was on television not long ago. But before we jump all into that, welcome in my main man and yours, DJ High Star. What's good, Broski? Yo, what's good? What's good? Cool, my what's dog. What's happening out there, Sports Talk Nation? Dog, did Carolina you enjoy the game? Talk Nation. As much as I enjoyed that game, bro. We got the W, so. It started off with with that. That's where the source of my enjoyment came from. But yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, we'll get into it and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I it was I, I enjoyed the way that the game played out. Put it like that. The, the end was what was the favorite part when it was just like yeah, it was. No, it was well. It, like I said, we'll get into it. But it was well orchestrated. A good, a good, you know, a good uh, piece of television, sports entertainment, okay. if you will. All right. Well, before we do. How's your week been? How, what's good with you, man? Anything new? What you got going on? Um, no, nothing new. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'm chilling, chilling like a villain. Word. Well, before we get started, I do have a little little quick shout out I want to give, man. Um, we've got two brand new Carolina Sports Talk fans um, that are not listening yet because you know they don't know what's going on. They were just born. But a uh, shout out to my little sister just gave birth. I say little sister. She grown. Shout out to my sister, Christy. Always will be your little sister, though. Forever, ever. Forever, ever? Uh, Christian and Clarence are her twin identical boys that were born yesterday. So shout out to them and my sis, man. Um, I'm a proud uncle out here in these streets. You know what I'm talking about? Congratulations, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. So, yeah, I just been... Yo, life is cool, man. Like watching these little babies with their little eyes and hands and they're like little humans who are like itty bitty and teeny. Um I actually I actually got it. Well, go ahead with what you were saying. No, nah, like that that was pretty much it. Like they're just like little humans. I already indoctrinated I'm already begun to indoctrinate them. They're gonna be Panthers fans. Their dad is uh And Omegas. So they're identical twins. The dad is a Sigma, my sister is a Sigma. Omegas. But I, I, I compromised. I said, y'all can have one and I'll take one. And the dad was like, cool. That'll work. So, hey, we're in That'll there. <laughs> so what were you about to say, though? Um, I had two new additions to the family as well. Uh, interestingly enough, yeah. Went out and purchased two powered speakers uh, and added those to the arsenal. Um, it was, it's about time. I've, I've been 
I, I just needed to add on to the arsenal. As a DJ, you can never have too much equipment. Right. And in the market, that second market, you can always, you know, sell and buy and stuff like that as far as your, your used equipment. So I just went ahead and added a couple on to the arsenal, put a little dent in the credit card. Uh, <laughs> be, chilling a, be chilling for a little second. Listen, you just got to go get, get that money back in gigs. And along those lines, yeah. if anyone is interested in hiring DJ Highstar for your next bar mitzvah, party, uh, kickback, whatever it may be, Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net, and uh, we can get your information over to DJ Highstar and get him to come out and spin for you on some of your stuff as well. I'll, exactly. If you mention Big Cliff or DJ Highstar in your conversation, I'll go ahead and cut a little discount. Oh. <laughs> Heard it here first, folks. It's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the owner of the company. Literally, I own this. This mine's. <laughs> Dog, along those lines, man, you owning it, man. The Boston Celtics got owned in game two, and I think that's more indicative of what we can expect the remainder of the series to kind of look like. But without further ado, man, let's let's jump in on it. What you say? Yeah, absolutely. So our last show, we didn't even get to go over game one, correct? We touched on it briefly. Uh, but I don't think they played game one at, at that, that time where we recorded no. Nevertheless, yeah. Nevertheless, last Thursday, June second, the Warriors actually um, lost Game One to the Celtics at home. They were in San Francisco, 120 to 108, and then they bounced back on Sunday evening again in San Francisco, evened out the series, and uh, they won 107 to 88. Um, real quickly on Thursday night's Game One match, Steph came out hot, um, spicy hot with about 21 points in the first quarter. Uh, they made some adjustments as far as the Celtics, when I say they, and cooled them off. And then ultimately, the Celtics had a grand fourth quarter led by Al Hor- the likes of Al Horford, um, Marcus Smart, and Derek Williams. Mm. The guy with the five head. All right, we won't, all right, all right. I won't start today because I know we got, we got a, we got a concise show that we're kind of trying to, yeah, I won't start today. <laughs> But that boy, that boy, he made Stephen A. proud of his hairline. Yeah. That ain't even a joke. I, I'm being serious. Stephen A. like boy. But anyways, um, but led by them three, their fourth quarter was explosive. They surprised the whole arena, uh, the Chase Center, I, I suppose, and um, or the Chase Arena, and they they gave the Warriors uh, a, a L. They handed mm-hmm. them an L on Game One. Now Sunday. The Warriors fought back, and to your point, it was 107 to 88. Looked more like Warriors basketball to us when everybody was trying to find out the secret sauce. Pause at the post game. Um, the, the words that I kept hearing come up, which it annoyed me to not na- at nauseum, which I shared with you, Big Cliff, was physicality, and we wanted to make them feel us. Pause. Um, and this is directly from Draymond Green and Steph Curry. So. As far as the making them feel us part and all of that, I think that's something that they definitely talked about pregame um, as far as like some of those player coaches that are on the team, mm-hmm. like your Draymonds of the world and the Steph Currys. And then Draymond followed suit by showing up and, and showing out during the game. Um, yeah, I mean, throughout, again, because we hadn't talked since game one, through game one and game two, what are some of your, your takeaways? So game one, um, the Boston Celtics came. And did exactly what they wanted to do. Um, in the third quarter, they took over the game with with their physicality. I think that was why it was such an impl- Great point. Imp- 
why it was such a point of emphasis for the uh, Warriors in game two because they realized they were out physical. They essentially, in a lot of a- aspects, uh, Boston played Golden State's game a little bit better than they did in, in game one. Mm. Um, in game two, though, Bo- Golden State's role players kind of realized, like, wait, no, we, yeah, we just got to play our ball. Like, we got to just go and do what we have to do. Now, I, I mentioned it. I, I forget who I was talking to. It might have been you off air, but um, I said game one and game two um, are what they were. When Boston won game one, there was no doubt in my mind Golden State was going to come and do exactly what they did in game two and win. Game three will be indicative of who will win this series for me. We also we often hear pivotal game three or pivotal game five when they're tied up. But for me, this game on Thursday night will dictate the remainder of this series. Um, if Golden mm-hmm. State is able to go there and steal one back from Boston in game three, then they'll, they'll very likely have this series kind of in hand. If they go out there and are competitive and lose a close one, even that, I think, will will be favorable for Golden State. But if they go to Boston in Game 3 and are just clobbered, it's done. Because Boston in Game 2, they had already accomplished what they wanted to do. They they, they won one. They took one. At, at, in San Francisco, yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, yo, all right, we came, we came we did what we came to do. Yeah, we want to win this one. But if not, yo, we got one. Let's go home and uh, take care of home court the rest of the way through. Um, but overall, I, I love the game. Like I started off saying from literally the open statement, um, I enjoyed the game. Um, the one thing that stood out to me the most out of the two games, Jordan Poole is a bad fella, boy. And when he mm-hmm. gets hot, you know, when he's cold, it is what it is. But when yeah. that guy gets hot, man, he literally has the, the ability to be the next step for that team. He's definitely fearless as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I like about him. And, yeah, the the two big three pointers that he had in um, the signature Golden State third quarters, which are a movie in themselves now, um, or a science to themselves. But them two big three pointers that he had at the end of the, that quarter was definitely heat checks. But whenever we're talking about the X factors that we brought up in the past episode prior to the final starting and our and our um, finals preview. One of the X factors that I did bring up was Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. And now he went 11. He, he got 11 points going four for 12 from the field, two for three from three pointer. I'm never a fan of when the field goal uh, field goals attempted is higher than the points that you actually <laughs> scored. And that's just being a Knicks fan for so long and seeing Carmelo mm-hmm. do what he did for so long. Him and Kobe. <laughs> right. And then so also you had Clay. Um, with 11 points, and he went four for 19 from the field, uh, one for eight from three-pointer. But Andrew Wiggins, a lot of his, if you look at the shot chart, they were point blank. They were at the rim. Mm -hmm. Some of them I wanted him to explode, pause, and actually dunk the basketball versus trying to get an angle and and try to make a a difficult layup out of, you know, again, these are athletes that we ask otherworldly things of. So asking him to dunk is not something that I think that is too much for me to ask for as a Warriors fan on some of those earlier plays, especially when I know that you have the legs because it's early in the game. Um, But I I think he may have missed like four point blanks. Um, So, and then looking on the other side of the box score though, you had Al Horford, Robert Williams and Marcus Smart with six points, not six points a piece, six points collective. All together. And, and evenly distributed out. So two <laughs> points from each of them. 
Um, credit to Robert Williams, though, the third. I mean, it looks like he was injured a little bit, but he, he went one for one from the field. So it wasn't like he was, you know what I mean? He Maybe he should have gotten more, tried to be more active, but you, we all know Boston's style of offense. It mm-hmm. runs through Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, but uh, Who actually um, both played pretty good games. Despite yeah, the- definitely. Um, Jason Tatum scored 28 off of uh, 19 field goal attempts. And Jalen Brown, it, it kind of dropped off from game one because he was red hot game one and carried the Celtics. But he scored 17 off of 17 field goal attempts. Uh, went three for nine from three-pointer. But um, speaking of Jalen Brown, speaking of uh, Jason Tatum, um, you know, one of their agitators from the beginning of the game was one Mr. Draymond Green. Um, so it, I don't think it's a better time than the present to get into that whole situation. Really stole all of the headlines. I hate when I, bruh, I hate when stuff like this happens, when it, it takes away from the game itself. But this was <laughs> pretty much the game, like big parts of the game. Um there was a notable dust up between Draymond and Jason Tatum where they were jawing back and forth. And people don't realize if they don't realize they were both USA team members. So they have um, a rapport, if you will, and a history. So with them jawing back and forth, Jason Tatum in his face looks unbothered. And he actually, um, the ref that came over to defuse the situation, Jason Tatum gave him a nice stiff arm. Like, he really kind of did. You, were you able to see it since since we talked? No, I, I just uh, okay. saw the reports about it, but I didn't. I didn't go back and look, watch the footage. Yeah, it, of the it was again. It was. There's there's a lot of things about this being the finals and the refs letting them play mm-hmm. that surprised me. And it started off in game one. A lot of the physical play, like you said, from the Celtics. There were some walks that some of the Celtics players got away uh-huh. with. There's a lot of fouls that they got away with. Steph Curry and, got away with a couple of them. Exactly. So it definitely went both ways, but I'm like, okay, the refs are swallowing their whistles, pause. But when it came to game two, the Jason Tatum dust up happened. Um, you had an Al Horford one where Draymond, of course, jumps on the, and this is early in the game, but jumps on the floor to uh, kind of get himself caught up in an eventual jump ball. But if mm-hmm. you look at his left arm, he's like grabbing Al Horford's right arm. He's not, he doesn't have both hands like, Secured on the ball, but anywho, but no, that was and, called a jump ball. But in the, I, I will say this: in a lot of those instances, if you ever just look at, because with the way that the game is produced and, and and put on TV, wherever the ball is and the camera angles, they're directing you towards a certain certain thing. But if you ever take the time to pay attention off ball, especially especially with the Golden State Warriors, whomever has the ball, if you take your eyes away from them and look in the hole. There's always Looney fighting with somebody. There's always Absolutely. a screen being picked. Um, there's always something where those guys are doing that every play. Sometimes they get called. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, so those right. types of things happen often. It's just it's not every time that the cameras either one catch it and or two, they replay it for 15 times for everyone to be able to kind of dissect it a little bit better. But those types of things happen often where players are grabbing on each other or setting hard screens. And, and, and then you wonder kind of why they have some such animosity because they banging up against happening. each other. Yeah, right, it's right. been going on. So Draymond, he was feeling like uh, Oprah. <laughs> he was giving everybody the smoke. And you get some along smoke. With, exactly. get some smoke. So along with Marcus Smart, uh, Jason Tatum and Al Horford um, and jawing off, you know, and, and mouthing off to these guys or whatever. The most notable one was a Jalen Brown three-point attempt. Mm-hmm. 
where he closes out on Jalen Brown. He falls, and as he falls, his feet conveniently are one, his right leg is across Jalen Brown's face, and then his left leg is kind of on Jalen Brown's chest because both of them fell down and a foul was called. So, you know, he had three, three free throw shots coming up for Jalen Brown. Intentional However, accident. What's that? Oh, the, the foot thing? Yeah. It, it, it's in the same ballpark as the, uh, as the kick, the swift kick to LeBron. Uh, a couple years back whenever LeBron was on Cleveland because I can't tell how good of an actor this guy is, man. I don't know if he should be in the Bay Area, if he should really be in Hollywood. And if, if these are things that are like incidentally on purpose, you know what I'm saying? I can exaggerate my movement to where anything kind of goes and, and my legs fly like in, in the, again, the normal the normal play of the game and how many times it's been already replayed, you can see his legs start to bend as if, okay, let me go ahead and, and get up. Uh, but, uh, he, you know, again, if anybody's in Jalen Brown's shoes, what are you going to do if a size 15 is sitting at, at your right ear and it's like, dog, really? Like, <laughs> come on, dog. So Jalen Brown, it wasn't a hard show, but he politely moves Draymond Green's sneaker out the way. Excuse me. And that's when Draymond kind of gives him a little little peace shove on the shoulder. Like, like come on, don't you know do that, I mean? man. Don't do that. Yeah, man. one of those, yeah, one of those cafeteria peace shoves, like, I want you to start something with me, but I'm not gonna jump it off. I'm gonna right. just I'm gonna just contact you just so that I could say, you know what I'm saying? I, I went I, I started it or whatever. So right, he right. gives him a little baby shove, like, don't do that. Jalen Brown bucks up and kind of stands over him. And then to with Jalen Brown chagrin that Draymond pulled down his shorts. It was more or less Draymond reaching for something to get up and and being Draymond Green, why not use whatever is there? This young guy's, yeah, why not use the young guy's basketball shorts or his uniform to help me get up or to assist me getting up? Um, long story less long, though, they they reviewed <laughs> it and the, and the play was reviewed. Uh, Draymond already had a technical foul. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was just called a personal or a common foul on Draymond, where Jalen Green uh, was able to excuse me Jalen Brown was able to get the three point the three free throw attempts, and it wasn't called a double technical as it shouldn't have been. That was the right call. I, I agree. I I agree. And uh, I, I didn't expect I, you to. Okay. No, nah, I mean I'm more or less again biased to the fact that it's the NBA Finals, not even biased to being a Warriors fan, but biased to the fact that it's the NBA Finals. Um, and then also, if, you can, if you've been keeping count, what is his tally right now on his suspension uh, or the points or whatnot for him being, you know, at risk of being suspended? He, he's, he's been, for the postseason this year, he's been pretty good. He's only got 12, and I think it's 17 that has to okay. happen. So, so he's, if, he's if anything, it would have just been that game he would have got kicked out of. Like, but in even, other words, going into Boston right now, he wouldn't have been in danger. No, but gotcha. if you go back to 2015, um, and we mentioned it for whatever reason, I don't remember why. I know I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. That's the only reason that LeBron has a championship in Cleveland because the kick, because of that technical foul, which was his 17th, which required him to be out that next game, exactly. and it changed the momentum of that series and swung it in the favor of the. Uh, I should say Golden State Cavaliers of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The league did not want that to happen. They were not going to allow that to happen. It's already, and, and I hate to say this out loud. I'm, 
I might even, you know what? Um, there's a good chance that it's going to be anyway. I couldn't even let it come out of my mouth. But there's a good chance that because they're a, they're a total team. They play defense. They play offense. They're well coached. They're young. They run. Um, they're a good team. And I hate to say that because I hate Boston. Sorry. Didn't mean to say that out loud and cuss y'all. But um, no. So. If you take Draymond Green, who, as we've already said, is the floor general for the Warriors, out of that game at the in the second quarter, it, it, there's no and there's no chance. Where when when Boston is already up one nothing in exactly. the series and things like that. So yeah, definitely a money play uh, <laughs> as far as for the NBA. Draymond, who's an intelligent man, a Michigan State man, a media shout guy out to Izzo, as well. Who was in the uh, crowd? Uh, yeah, shout out to Tom Izzo. He was very aware as well. And um, and he mentioned it. Do you think that it was, I mean, he, I forget his exact words, but he's pretty much saying um, his preferential treatment or is, is there's, uh, you know, uh, you know, again, special treatment. I don't want to think of the right, right large word or the right vocabulary to say, but especially what he said, I think he said something around like deference or something, but he was saying that he gets, he gets that that uh, benefit of the doubt pretty much from the refs, mm-hmm. um, and he knew or he was confident that he wasn't going to get kicked out. But and he does though because he is a player who constantly argues, who constantly you know is in the the, war, the referees' faces. He is going to be able to get away with a lot more than somebody who doesn't. If there's a guy who's fair? yes, easily, easily. That's that not even a question. question. No, like, and, and here's, it's the same thing that like, like, and I hate to use the analogy. They say, oh, guys can do things that if a girl did, that because you're, a, 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 it's just, it is what it is. Like, well, let's use this analogy. Then, yeah, because that's, oh, listen. If you're a guy on the college campus uh-huh. or, or a girl or a lady and you always talk to, shout out to me to be, but you always talk to the person that works in the cafeteria. You got a great rapport and a relationship with them uh-huh. versus somebody that's quiet takes their textbooks comes in scans their scans their badge goes in their corner eats from their meal plan or whatever like that who you know who's gonna get that that free pass whenever you forget your id your school id or whatnot versus who's not right facts and and, and it's the re- it's privilege like we talk about in society how white privilege exists and or and it's a reality. Sometimes it's not fair, but it's a reality. We got to acknowledge it. Same thing in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, so that again, that took most of the headlines uh, uh, from the game or whatnot or, or took over the headlines was that situation. Um, What's your favorite moment of the last of the first two games of the NBA Finals in 2022? Uh, the, I, I, the the honorable mention would be Jordan Poole's three pointer buzzer beater, but Steph's three pointer kind of at the wing, deep in the wing in the corner. Um, the degree of difficulty with that, like I said, Jordan Jordan Poole's 40, 40 footer or forty four footer, whatever it was. That degree of difficulty definitely was up there, but Steph Curry's reading the uh, reading the screen and and kind of shooting from that right wing, uh, real close to the to the sideline. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a definitely a heat check. 
I think Jeff Van Gundy said it best where he said like a Steph Curry three is like worth like 12 points whenever he's shooting in, in San Francisco <laughs> because of the way that the crowd reacts and the momentum um, and all that. Yeah, exactly. So I will um, say this though, you, you, your honorable mention is by far for me, one of my favorite plays of the season, not, not even just the final. I loved his reaction. <laughs> he was excited. He was happy. He was like, wait, wait, wait. And then to see Steph's face, they built for that like that's that's how they but then he gave that he like i saw one like meme uh before this where it says like jordan Poole plays just for like jordan Poole strictly plays for the ladies in the crowd or something like that or jordan (laughs) Poole plays to get girls but like after he made it he was like "Mm?" like he tried to give the mike jordan that that infamous mike i don't know like or whatever like that like i told you kind of that that kind of look but here's, but, you know. here's why it was it was that so I was watching the game with the homies. Shout out to Patriot Patty, um, and as he's walking the ball up, she was like, and, "And for those who may not know, Patriot Patty is one of the biggest Patriots football fans. Period. Um, not really into basketball like that. So the fact that she's you know even starting to try to is like shout out. So she he's walking the ball up, and and it's like eight seconds, it's nine seconds left, seven when he's you know gathering, getting ready to take the shot, and she's like. I know he's not about to shoot that shot. And then not only does he shoot the shot, but then drains it like that from like 12 miles away from the, the bro. It just was the ultimate home. Like that was just right. point blank hit, bro. And that was like literally at that moment, there was no way that Golden State was going to lose that game, bro. And there was no way possible at that point that we're going to lose that game. So for me, that, that shot, that, the swagger, I'm, I'm, I'm even going to put the hard ER, the swagger that was required for that, I think is going to be able to translate into Boston. I really believe, and I'm really hoping, <laughs> I'm not even going to believe, I'm really hoping that they are able to translate it. But somehow in the, my heart of hearts, I feel like Al Horford, Williams, and the rest of them boys going to get home, they're going to sleep in their bed and say, all right, let's go to work. And game three has the potential to be really, really important for this entire series. So, yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Um, whenever it comes to series and, and things like that, let's talk about some of the changes that the NBA has projected before we move forward. Um, I've seen a lot of analysts. Well, before we get there real quick, just let me go ahead and grind a gear real quick. Uh, something that's been or have an axe to grind, if you will. Go for uh, it, bro. Something that has been grinding my gears. These analysts, man, uh, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And this is analysts outside of um, the player analysts, because I, I, I give them all the credit in the world because they've actually gone through what they've gone through. However, Skip Bayless is of the world, of course. Shannon Sharp, with respect to your NFL career, when you talk about basketball, you get the chip. Um, Stephen A., Colin Cowherd, Nick Wright. She just called him Nick wrong. Um, <laughs> Chris Broussard, to a certain extent. I like Chris. Chris has a little bit more objectivity with certain things, but these guys that I mentioned. <sighs> They, they, they're doing it to you like that, bro. Pause. It's what the, the thing is. We have we have all seen these series. We all seen them. I forget who has bought the best. I think it's Mike Wilbon. 
Mike Wilbon, I think, has had the best take on the series, I believe, thus far. But he says, we've seen this before. We know, again, that these things go back and forth. We know that these teams match up and game plan for each other. Months and months to come. They have scouts and everything like that. So it's always about guessing the right role players that'll actually step up. It's never something he was essentially saying it's never something that we can just flat out predict, if you will, Um, even though we have fun doing so it's never the finals are the finals. The playoffs have been the playoffs. So whenever you see a game swing one way or the other, it is what it is. Skip Bayless uh, really tried to tear Jason Tatum a new one. And, you know, um, because of his performance in game two, when the guy, again, again, he scored 28, but I think his, his plus minus was like minus 36 whenever he was on the floor. And that's what a lot of the um, commentary was surrounding. Um, and then they bring up, you know, of course, I think Stephen A, of course, brought up Al Horford and Mark, Marcus Smart and, um, and Robert Williams and the fact that they scored two points each or whatever like that. And he's like, Marcus Smart. Al Horford, you should be able to score two points in your sleep and this and that. And I just, it unsettles, it's unsettling to me that y'all are talking to professional athletes this way. Like they're not getting world-class defenders against them as well. This is the finals. So this is the two best teams that have made it. exactly, And also the two top executing teams after you look at game plans and adjustments and everything like that, like, Allow for room for error. Now, granted, I know you have to make television television, so you have to, you know, add some spice of life and everything like that. And I always try to give Uncle Shay or Uncle <laughs> Shannon the benefit of the doubt, but like Skip has reeled him into the whole sports entertainment or the TV entertainment side of stuff to where the hyperbole is what sells, and we're going to yes. go ahead and dig in and, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to rip you a new one. Like, who are you? Like, with Skip, who are you to talk about somebody like Jason Tatum? He's talking about Jason Tatum. Is, oh, he would have been a superstar. He's he's supposed to be the next superstar, but he commits too many turnovers. You know how many turnovers he's had in the postseason? And and his turnovers is, is uh, leading. And Jalen Brown is second. But they played the most games. They right. had two game sevens, and they played the most games. So it's not a complete picture that they paint. It's it's sickening, bro. Yeah, absolutely. And and you 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 hit the nail directly on the head. Hyperbole. They hype it. They they make it like even with the uh with the troll um hitting on every one of the shows on ESPN. Your boy um Pat Beverly. Pat Bev. It's like yo, y'all do the absolute most. But I yeah, at this point, uh, thank you guys for listening to listening into Carolina Sports Talk where we rightly divide the word of sports <laughs> i mean and i'm not like this one thing that i'm not going to do is i'm not going to like like i don't care what you tell me bruh if we had like you know we have some of our shout out to our fraternity we have some of our junior like uh, mentor leagues if you will and mm-hmm. mentor like things there's no um person that's in the kappa league that's going to tell any of my noob friends Oh, you you twirled that cane a little the wrong way. Oh, like Junior Omegas or something that's gonna tell me, oh yeah, your hypes, your your hops are not that precise. Or or let alone somebody that's just in high school period or or just never been to college. They're not gonna tell me 
how you know to do what I know how to do. Right. And and then I think we we've done a good job of staying again relatively objective and not overstepping that to say like I'm demanding something unfair from my athletes or, or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which it it feels like they do and it it gets it gets heightened and heightened the more that these contracts come out. It feels like they're they're barely holding on to their jobs because of the new talent that's coming in. And and all again, the hyperbole just gets heightened and heightened and heightened every time or like every time the postseason comes around, truth be told. Like I it's ridiculous. Like there's there's no context given, there's no nuance given to the fact that these are the two best teams in the world right now facing off against each other, executing at the highest level and making adjustments on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and uh, when these world-class athletes don't have necessarily the quote best game, they absolutely turn on ESPN. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They listen to FX or Fox sports news or whatever it is. And they hear these, these, these talks. And they, I think with just the generation of young adults that are, now, literally, the faces of these leagues, 24, 25 years old young men, um, it affects them. And, and, and it, it sits in, in, in their minds. And then you start having Ben Simmons of the world who have all of this physical, God-gifted ability and talent. But now you can't get out your own head because of what you've heard all across these TV and airways. So. Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. So um, where does the line change? At what point does... It, because with any overcorrection, this has to be an adjustment for a reset to balance. To saying where does where does the line get crossed? You mean no, no, no. Where does it reset back to the norm where sports reporters just report sports? Oh, it's coming because, like I said, the the talent that they're ushering in is slowly going to filter, or it's going to do one of two things to me. It's going to filter out um, some of the older regime that that's been here and the older brass, or it's going to. Um, it's going to counter them like it has been. So your J.J. Reddicks of the world, mm. Jay Williams of the world, they're going to bring a certain uh, level-headedness. Level, uh, exactly. And and it's going to, you, you're going to look foolish if you try to just blindly go against them and say, well, no, this guy was, it, it, you know what I mean? The, the thing that digs so deep is the name calling. You know what I mean? Just to get headlines. This guy was trash. He's like, a bum exactly stuff like that where these guys uh, you know six eight to seven whatever and they they're 250 300 pounds men exactly a a lot of young men that got energy pause and they're ready for the smoke (laughs) what yeah bro what are you talking about um so outside of all of that bro uh again it it bought i i was i was bought to that because some of the NBA players, your, one of your favorite guys in the world, CJ McCollum, who, who gave Zion his praises. That's another, that's a, that's a side story. But CJ McCollum's of the world, um, Richard Jefferson's of the world, they've been in the headlines recently for giving their, ad, um, their feedback on a project or on a um, shortened season idea that the league's been throwing around. What's your thoughts on it, on a shortened season? I already feel like the NBA season was a little too long, almost not quite as long as baseball, but long enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, it just depends on how they format it. Now, if they split it up and let's say. Sounds they, like a Lakers fan. Go ahead. First of all, relax. 
Um, if they shorten the season and do something kind of how the WNBA does, where I think it's like the Commissioner's Cup or something, and have like a midseason tournament instead of like an All Star, like say let's say All Star break is literally halfway through the season, and then you have like a tournament of some sorts that would affect either not necessarily seating, but like home games in the finals or home court advantage and stuff. Yeah. yeah, something like that, where it's actually beneficial. Then it gives segments and it breaks up and allows the action to be more consistent. With the with the NFL, every week matters, and, and and so it's not like oh well we can take these two games off or well I'm not gonna play in this back to back and I'm gonna sit down. No 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 no. You get out there and you perform, and and so with the shorter season, it adds and increases the value of each of the games. And like I said, if they're able to somehow incorporate some type of mid season tournament that actually had some bearings or outcomes on the end of the year. Then I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm. My biggest thing with uh, shortening the season and why I'm uh, not for it is I like the um, I like what it did as far as graduating, quote unquote, graduating a college player uh, to the league. There's you know uh, ten times you know the amount of work that has to be put into your body and the endurance and stuff like that of a season, and that was something that to me separates the collegiate from that next level, especially if you want to be a star at the next level. And it adds so many different facets. Granted, it definitely can cut down on injuries, but um, the length of the season to me has also increased or um, given possibilities as far as playoffs to teams that start off slower. So to your point, that fact that the NBA, uh, NCAA football, NCAA basketball, each game is so pivotal to you making it to your, your, your tournament at the end of the year um, with the NBA, you know, you look at a Boston or you look at a, a Memphis, I believe the Dallas, uh, the Dallas's of the world mm-hmm. where they can start off slow and then end up picking up steam and, and finishing strong pause and then are able to, uh, you know, make a run for, for the, the end of the year tournament. Even Boston, they started off, pretty trash <laughs> oh, that's what i'm saying and then and and turned around at the end so and, and i see that point i agree but um like ultimately you discover your identity i'm sorry to cut you up discover your identity throughout the season almost as a team yeah no nah, bump all that let's get out here and play ball I, I, I and i really feel like a shorter season would would allow a lot more quality and um consistent ball as a matter of fact we'd be interested in hearing what you guys have to say about that you can hit us up on the carolina sports talk line cliff at carolina sports talk.net are you in favor of a shortened NBA season or are you in, sh- in favor of it staying at 82 games? Hit us up and let us know. And we'd love to be able to put your emails or read your emails on air. Or if you send us a voice note, we can also go ahead and send that voice message and play it on the air. Hey, Cliff. Yes, sir. Real quick, bruh. Go ahead on. Because as, as a show, I like to take credit where we can steal it from. Uh-huh. So... As you had already gave credit to the some of the analysts and the sports shows out there for doing their top five NBA or whatever, I didn't see this start, this trend start until we actually did our episode. But have you been seeing this thing on Instagram, this filter or game where people put the and have the automated top five? Yo, let's go. I'm going to give me a championship. Guys, bro. Like I said, I'm taking credit where we could steal it from. <laughs> and that's definitely Carolina sports talk thing. So y'all 
cut us our royalty checks for that because run me you know, my money. As, as soon as we did our episode, now all of a sudden I'm seeing an automated top five all time five generator. Like, come on, man. Listen, when you're putting out this fire content that we happen to be putting out here every week, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then folks gonna want to be like you. They want to do like you. So, you know what I mean? Let them boy do it. Now, like you said, though, run me my money. Let me get that check, CTC, though. But <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. We, I, I am looking forward to, and I'm, I'm very likely um, going to have us weekly setting up some um, top fives. It may be NBA. It may be NFL. It may be foods. I don't know. But we're um, our brands. Yeah, let's we can run some top five. You said car brands. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're gonna run some top fives through the summer once the uh, NBA season is over because um, I ain't doing a whole bunch of baseball this year. <laughs> Clearly. So uh, it's gonna be uh, off season talk. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what the summer holds and you know what what we dig on in for that. But uh, at this time, it is time for a big deal, no thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. You know the segment, we give you some headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or not a thing. First up, Rashid Wallace is the newest addition to the Los Angeles Lakers coaching staff. Big deal or no thing? Uh, I'm going to go with big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Begrudgingly. Exactly. Don't hesitate. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Go ahead. Um, shout out to Sheed. Uh, of course, everybody is aware of his personality and what mm-hmm. he brought to the court um, as a player. I think that this edge on the coaching staff is something that, you know, um, that that you want to see for the Lakers. Uh, won't be surprised. <laughs> we might have the over have to do an over or under on how many games into the season he gets his first technical Facts. as an assistant coach. As an assistant coach. <laughs> it's coming. It is coming, folks. But um his passion is something that you need. And then also, um, I like to see him in that coaching pipeline. So, like, younger, not even younger guys, but just former players, whenever they start getting this resume built and and um, putting this stuff on their resume, they're one step closer to um, the Nate McMillans of the world or the Jason Kidds of the world, where when we were young, I'm showing my age, but when we were young, we would see them, Steve Kerr's of the world even, we would see them on the basketball court and then we've seen them mature into head coaches and, and see what type of basketball minds they've had. So I, I, I enjoy it. Of course, he's a, a Tar Heel for life. So Facts. definitely a big, big deal. So I was begrudging because I hated him when he was in Detroit. Um, and in Portland, I would assume, with Portland, the Lakers situation? Well, or you so didn't much, really care? Yeah, because we used to drag them anyway. Right, um, got you, got you. It was the, what, the Brandon Roy, Roy days or Raw, whatever the name yeah, um, But... Because he's a Tar Heel, he, he rocks with me. His tenacity is going to be something, like you just mentioned, that AD will benefit from. Mm. Um, hopefully, he changes him from Mr. Glass to Mr. Just Kicks Up. You ain't got the answers, man. Oh, you ain't got the answers. Shout out to Kanye, You ain't got the answers, Sway. Probably supposed to be a cup car horn, but... Right, but first of all, first of all, relax. First of all, relax. You ain't got to let the people know that my buttons <laughs> wasn't in the right position. And so I just, I did, but it sounded good. So just let it ride. So there's that. But no, um, I'm rocking with it. I, I think it will be beneficial. Um, Coach Ham has already said that, yo, AD is pivotal. He pivotal. 
Pivotable? Pivotable? He's the important piece that we're going to pivot on. How he goes ends up the season. And if you notice the last couple of years, the last healthy season that AD completed was the bubble year when we won the championship. So there's that. All right. Moving forward. That's enough Lakers. That's enough Lakers talk. <laughs> well, right before we get sick. off of the Los Angeles Lakers, shout out to the Lakers, man. Um, yeah, I ain't got nothing. I just want to talk. Why? About exactly. Why? <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Now you digging. Next up, Miles Bridges posts cup of what appears to be lean on his social media. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. Nah, that's a that big ain't no deal. Thing. See what I did there? Yeah. What? Oh, that's your answer? Yes. Is big deal and no thing? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now you're getting fancy. Now you're getting fancy. <laughs> Go ahead. Why um, you say it's a big deal? Hedgy, Hedgy Griffin, everybody. Hedgy Griffin. Um, but so uh, for those that don't know, Miles Bridges posted uh, a picture of a joint in his, in his, between his forefinger and middle finger as you would hold a, a marijuana joint. Uh, one of those pre-rolls where, again, and this is because I have plenty of experience going on six months of sobriety right now, by the way. But uh, nah, it was actually, nah, hey, nothing. man, hey. Absolutely the wrong buttons, button. Man. <laughs> <laughs> How comical was that? <laughs> can, you, can you play that out in your head, though? So I'm going on six months of sobriety. Nah, that ain't no thing. Nah, 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 nah. nah that ain't no thing. <laughs> Disrespectful, disrespectful, man. Bro, make a brother want to light up right now. Brother, Dang. Wait, hey, wait, wait. See now it doesn't even do it. <laughs> and I, it was supposed to be nine, ain't nothing. So for y'all in out here in listener land, I gotta let y'all know. Listen, so the new board that's not really new anymore because they got a new model coming out anyway. It's only got eight triggers, but a bunch of different screens. And so when I'm flip, flip, flippity, flip, flipping through while I'm trying to talk to High Star, look at High Star. Multitask, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got dog over here running around me, looking at me like he misses his brother because I'm wearing Charleston and not in uh, Charlotte, Rock Hill. I'm looking at notes. I'm trying to be mindful of the time because I got to get back to the hospital, see my little nephews. And so, yeah, every once in a while, I'm just going to hit you with a... You know what I mean? But go ahead. What, my, my fault, bro. Congratulations, no, no, first no. of all. I appreciate that definitely. Six but as long. as I'm being more than a novice in that field, he had a pre-rolled marijuana joint, and then also now I'm not a novice in this field, but he had a cup of what appeared to be the drug, promethazine, codeine, um, syrup or whatnot. Emphasize so, the drug. Correct. So the one thing that this is not tequila. This is not cognac. If it is what it is, that's a drug. Like, and, and a lot of the young guys, again, because they listen to people like Future, they might listen to whoever they listen to, it's been popularized. Now, since the early 90s, it's been rapped about in, in songs and stuff like that. Rappers from Houston. Um, and, and then eventually, you know, it, it made its way to Atlanta and up to New York, of course. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne's of the world, mm-hmm. Dipset to the no, world and whatnot. Yep. Joel Santana has lost his teeth to this thing, all right? Literally. Like, like, yeah, like, like, so it's nothing. I don't, I don't, I, my thing is the guy looked at John Morant and was like, oh, word? Y'all, oh, y'all watch this. Exactly. Let me show y'all something. So it's like he wants to, like, one up or, he, you know, how you already got the tattoo, the, the whole tattoo story on him. But um, yeah, this is a huge deal. 
I don't think that, especially the way that Twitter picked up on it, I don't think that the organization has is going to uh, take it lightly, in other words. I think they'll either have some kind of intervention or there'll be some consequences for him to face. You know what the consequences are going to be? Hey, man, don't do that no more. Now, for those of you who missed, may have missed that, <laughs> if may have missed that shade, he called you called him Ja Morant Jr. or what did you call him? He's trying to be like Ja. Yeah, he saw with Ja Morant all the attention Ja Morant's getting on social media and was like, so, "Oh." But here's the thing about Ja. Shout out to the Carolina kid. From the time that he was at Murray State, Ja was wild on social media. Ja would be on there burning, drinking. He be out there Like he just be wild On social media And he's been like that So when he got to the Grizzlies And, and like his Oh his birthday party It was one thing to see Some of the images From his birthday party On our homeboys um, Social media And it's like Okay look Oh the boy got jaw damn But then jaw literally like You know how when people are in jail And they get like A camera phone in there And then they want to like Hold like rap videos And be like 17 dudes Interchanging and at any given time You'll see like seven of them And they just be rotating in and out That's how Ja is on social media And he'll be smoking and he'll be like oh yeah I am on camera And they turn around and try to hide behind somebody and smoke It's like bro we see you You are one of the most Recognizable faces in America At this point bro And has a signature color dread coming down <laughs> You are six foot three Lanky right. and tatted bro We know you Especially because you were just in the camera Smoking <laughs> and then to turn your back And try to hide by Bruh bruh And so that is the example that Miles Bridges Wants to now if you want to ball like him Shout out to Charlotte do your thing but bro, that is not the look that y'all need to be doing. And I know I'm I'm I know I sound like the old dude. Get off my lawn right now. And that's cool. Bro, I'm not telling nobody not to do nothing, but at the end of the day, do better than that. That's and make, make he, better choices. Don't jeopardize your livelihood, man. He really tried to go back and uh respond. His response to social media was that was pink lemonade. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I got, bro. <laughs> he need to be worried about the playoffs Playoff. instead of eggs, eggs black. Thank you. You kidding me? And, and, and preparing in the offseason. Exactly. Posting on social media. There's a couple of jokes on on social media. One of them said, like, you know, David Stern might have to get up out the grave for this one. Um Ja, uh, Miles Bridges is the first player in NBA history that's trying to work his way out of the league. There's different ones that, yeah, they were, they were definitely getting at him. <laughs> Listen, he got to do better. That's all. Point blank. Last up, and we go, we go, we go zip through this one. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, Panthers. The Carolina Panthers have hired the first openly trans cheerleader in NFL history. Big deal or no thing? No thing. I almost hit the button, but that's a rim shot. Give me one second as I get to the right screen. Nah, that, that ain't no thing. That would have been bad. Nah, right. <laughs> that ain't no thing. <laughs> oh, I am so grateful for pause in that moment. And go. Why do you say it's not um, a thing? Essentially, uh, through the years, I've uh, seen um, men and women both cheer. Um, I don't want to sound like a panderer to the LGBTQ community, but it's... I mean, we've seen them in every other arena in, in sports, whether it be 
uh, athletes on the on the field of play and things like that, and competing with with the other you know um, athletes as far as like swimming and and all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. and and seeing it, you know, it's just it's something that's not um, abnormal or something that's not out of the ordinary. And when I'm saying something, I mean we're referring to transgender person just you know existing in the world to be quite frank Facts. so um the, the other big thing um i don't know if you you know i know what kind of pride that you have bro but you know i've seen the male cheerleaders of the world you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. of course it's not like a male is wearing a dress or a skirt but i've seen men in in the in the cheerleading spectrum or sport so mm-hmm. why not have you know again a transgender it just doesn't raise an eyebrow like that for me here's my thing i have my personal views i have my personal beliefs um but at the end of the day i'm about equality if you choose to do something that's contrary and or different to me that's you do your thing i i i don't believe that it's fair reasonable or acceptable to command or dictate how anybody should live their lives um that being said, okay, cool. You trans, go do your thing. I'm not gonna sit and watch them do their thing. I mean, it's, that that's just my choice. But you have the freedom to go and do whatever you want to do. The same way that I'm not gonna impose on what they should and should not be able to do. I don't think that it's reasonable for them to be imposed upon on us on 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 those who disagree with what they do. Um, and 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 that's point blank period to it. Um, allow folks the, the freedom and the flexibility to be who they want to be, but don't push it. Um, there, there was a story that I read with the MLB where there were some certain players who were catching flack for deciding not to want to use the to wear the pride I saw that. Yeah. Um, burst on their jerseys and hats. That's a choice. That's a lifestyle choice that, yes, we give individuals the space and opportunity to do whatever it is that they want, but that doesn't mean that you should impose upon me your choices the same way that I can't impose upon you my choices. Um, I, there, I forget who it was. There was an entertainer, rapper, musician, athlete, somebody who was catching flack because a trans individual came to them and said, so you wouldn't date somebody like me? No. Well, that means you're closed minded. idiot. That means I'm making a choice. And that's your phobic trans. Right. I'm no, yeah. it's not transphobic. It means I don't, that's not what I'm attracted to. Like if, mm-hmm. uh, if, if a young man or a young woman says, Oh, I'd like, People who are five foot five and shorter. That's what I'm attracted to. Oh, so you hide us. You don't look like that's literally the same argument. And it sounds dumb. So give individuals the space to be who they are. But in that same space, don't push me and mandate that I um, digest the things that you feel are acceptable for you. It's just it's not the case. My my other big thing with it is it's it's cheerleading at the end of the day. Um, I definitely no, 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 no. Not to downplay or to dismiss cheerleading at all. No, please. Let me let me let me land this thing. Let me let me go ahead and land where I'm going. Bring it on down. Bring it on home. (laughs) Y'all see y'all see Sports Nation, how passionate this guy is still about cheerleading. For those who may not know Carolina Sports Talk Nation, Big Cliff in college was a cheerleader. I was uh, privileged to be able to be a member of the Claflin University track and field team as well as the conference championship winning cheerleading squad. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm very serious about this cheer. And and again, so you see it on, on football sidelines. You see it in basketball, in college basketball all the time where there's male cheerleaders. They're, they're dressed appropriately. When I say male cheerleaders, they don't. It's not like you're seeing Ricky Williams in a, in a skirt and a top or something like that. <laughs> 
But um, like with cheerleading at the professional level, at the Panthers level, it's not like they're going to tournaments every weekend and competing. So it, it's not like, again, if you had Joanna Man um, with respect to the movie, not, not, not no disrespect, but with respect to the movie. But it's not like you have Miguel Nunez being a big brawly guy and playing in the WNBA and competing. Or that you have uh, Albert Pujols, that you have Albert Pujols in a wig and playing softball against a bunch of women. Right. This is cheerleading. This is <laughs> this, this is the inner, you know, adding to the though, entertainment bro. part of the sports entertainment, huh? We we okay. We're gonna have to come back to this conversation because there's so much meat left on the bone. Pause. That we 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 gonna have to get back on this, man. So indeed. Anything you want to holler to people before we get out of here, man? Uh, just yo, shout out and praise go to Michael B. Jordan, man. I know the feeling, bruh. That's all I'm gonna say, okay? I know the feeling. When you when you add a kickback, though, I just want to <laughs> say when you add a kickback and they pass you the aux, you have to play to the mood of the crowd in the kickback. Don't play to your mood, all right? I can't. You can't have Frankie Beverly can't get over you. <laughs> when everybody's looking for some money bag yo or something like that. How do I... You know what I'm saying? You, you and every, have everybody looking at you all crazy when you're trying to, you know, we, we know what you're going through. We saw we saw the fake smile, Warriors, at the Warriors game. I know what you're going through, brother, and I'm here for you. That's going to do it for this episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Thank you guys for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on a Facebook and, and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk or hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also hit us to be a part of the show on the Carolina Sports Talk Facebook group page, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Y'all stay tuned. We might have a special surprise for you at the end of the week. NBA Finals coming up soon. We out of here, y'all. Peace. Wait.